Are they great or what? Freedom in Christ. Uh, Man, that's what it's all about. If you don't get anything else out of today's service, know that Jesus came to set you free. It's not, about, uh, it's not about a set of rules, it's about a set of do's and don'ts. It's about being free to worship, to serve, and to love Jesus in a relationship that's just incredible. Um, I, I, I thank them for, for doing that, for Tim, for putting that together. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had a friend that came to North Point for the first time, the friends that we've had for about five years. And, um, and so we went out to dinner this past Friday, and I said, hey, tell me what you thought of your experience at North Point. What was it like? And, and they, they were great. They said, oh, it was great. People were really friendly, talk, you know, talking about all kinds of stuff. And, and then she said, she said, there was one thing that really bothered me, though. And I said, what's that? And she said, I, I was really kind of offended while we were there. And I said, what was that? And she said, well, when you got up to talk, I looked around and there were like 40 or 50 people on their phone. I don't know if they were playing or what. She said, but you got up to talk and everybody's on their phone. I thought, that's really rude. And I said, I said, no, here's the deal. We have an app for phones, the North Point app that has notes from the sermon. And they were following along in the sermon and taking notes from the sermon. She said, Oh, that makes sense. I'd never heard of that before. So if you're here for the first time, uh, know that we have a North Point app. And uh, you can uh, feel free right now to go to, to Play Store uh, and, and download that. You'll find some uh, notes for today's message. If you've never done it before, too, let me just say this. I, um, you may not know that there's an app called Uversion. That's, it's a, a, a copy of the Bible that has the Bible really in all kinds of different versions and, and languages even. You can download that and lots of issues. That's it, what I use primarily now. I use version when I'm reading, when I'm studying. And um, it's, it's a great tool. So be sure and download that as well. You can use that in lots of different ways. We're in this series called Taste It. We're talking about reading through scripture. Uh, some of you have taken a triple dog dare to, uh, to read all the way through the Bible in 90 days. Today, we're talking about the book of Psalms, and I thought it might be a little bit fun. I hope that it's fun to give you the top 10 reasons why you should read the book of Psalms, okay? With great respect to David Letterman, some of you, David Letterman was this talk show host who was on for a long time, started, did the show, did the top 10 list. Top 10 reasons why you should read the book of Psalms. Uh, Number 10, no other book in the Bible has a silent P in its name. Unless you count Philippians or Philemon or Zephaniah, right? Okay. Number nine. It's one of the easiest books in the Bible to find. It's right there in the middle. Unless you're using a digital version. And then you have to know that there's a silent P because you have to look it up alphabetically, right? Uh, number eight. Top 10 reasons why you should read the book of Psalms. There's lots of choices. There are 150 different Psalms that you can read at any point in time. Number seven. Some psalms are so short that you can read them during a top ten list with time to spare. All right? Number six, uh, the song, uh, you don't have to read the psalms from beginning to end. Every chapter is a separate song or poem or expression of praise, so you can jump in wherever you'd like. If you like the number 77, you can go right to Psalm 77. You can go wherever you want. Uh, number five. Top 10 reasons why you should read the book of Psalms. Uh, you'll find the longest and the shortest chapters of the Bible. 
the longest, Psalm 119, the shortest, Psalm 117 in the entire Bible, the, the longest and shortest chapters are there. Number four, even psychologists like the Psalms. Not, it's not just the P thing, it's that the Psalms are written to cover really every human emotion. Joy, pain, anger, bitterness, loneliness, suffering, comfort, triumph, even pesadness. Uh, that's enough of that. <laughs> Letterman ran the jokes into the ground too, right? Uh, number three, if you memorize part of a psalm, you might get a chance to stand on stage and sing it like Jeff Kimmy last week, right? <laughs> I liked that a lot. Thanks. Uh, top 10 reasons why you should read the book of Psalms. Number two, the Psalms are a lot like hidden pictures in Highlights magazine in the doctor's office. If you're looking closely, you can find Jesus 28 different times in the Psalms. And uh, number one reason is uh, when, where else can you read the words of a shepherd boy, a warrior, a king, and a man after God's own heart all at the same time? Lots of reasons to read the book of Psalms. Um, lots of technology problems up front. And uh, so I know what I'm going to say. I've got the backup ready to rock. All right. Psalms is, a, is, a, is an incredibly powerful book. I, I, I just want to encourage you. That in the book of Psalms, there's this, there's this verse that, that uh, is at Psalm 119, 105, that says this. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Um, it's, a, it's a truth that's hidden away in this, in the longest chapter in the Bible, but so, so powerful. Because for all of us, we're just trying to figure out how to live life, right? Since the beginning of time, everyone has, has, has uh, grown into adulthood just trying to figure out what it is they're supposed to do. How do you have a successful marriage? How do you, how do you raise your kids? How do you deal with people that are after you and don't like you at all, that have it out for you? How do you make your life count? How do you live, how do you, how do you leave a legacy when you finish your time here on earth? How do you determine what matters and what doesn't in life? All of us are just trying to figure it out. And when you're trying to figure it out, when you're in the dark, you know what you need? You need a light for your path, a lamp to show the way. And God's word is that. Psalm, um, Psalm affirms that over and over and over again. Today we're looking at the book of Psalms because God's word does that. It's a, it's a light for our feet, a lamp for our path. Um, let me just give you some background about, about the book of Psalms because I think it's helpful. But let me just be real clear. My hope from this morning is that you dive in and, and read some or all of the book of Psalms that it becomes something that you treasure in your relationship with God, that it gives words to what's inside you. So that, that's where we're going. Let me, let me give you uh, just some background first. Um, the book of Psalms is, uh, we've talked the last couple of weeks about the Hebrew Bible versus the English Bible, the, why there were the change. In the Hebrew Bible, in the third section, you've got the law, and then you've got the prophets, and then you have the writings. And, the, and Psalms is the first book in the writings in the Hebrew Bible. Um, it's there to, to communicate who God is in, in a poetic way, in a, in a collection of psalms, uh, songs and uh, prayers that are there. There's 150 of the psalms, and each one 
is independent. I, I meant it in the, in the top 10. Literally, you can jump in and read any chapter at any point in time, and God will speak to you through that. That It's not dependent. You don't have to read uh, consecutively through the Psalms. Um, the Psalms were written primarily by David. About 73 of the Psalms are attributed directly to David. Uh, some other writers, Asaph wrote 12. Sons of Korah wrote 11. Moses wrote one of the Psalms, Psalm 90. And then there's about 50 Psalms that we, that, that are not marked. We, we're not sure who the author is of those Psalms. Um, Psalms is, is a, uh, it's a hymn book. It's a prayer book. It's a praise book. And, and, and it really is a tool for your devotional life, uh, as you communicate with God. It's put together in a unique design. I don't know if you've ever noticed when you've read through the Psalms before or not, but there are headings that happen periodically that say book two, book three, book four, book five. Psalms are broken down into five books. We're not sure exactly. We don't know definitively who did it, when it was done. Um, but there are five divisions in the, in the Psalms. Um, and I think in the app notes, I, I listed those out. Um, if you've got a Bible, let me, let me just, uh, uh, tell you to take it out. Turn to Psalm 42 right now. Um, in the, in those five books that are there, one of the cool things that happens is that they progress through and, and each of those books ends with kind of a benediction, a praise to God that happens. So if you open up the, 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 uh, paper Bible, you can see at Psalm 42, it will say what at the top of that? Book two. Right? Um, if you've got an electronic version, it probably says it as well. Book 2, right, at Psalm 42. Now, if you look just back at the end of Psalm 41, there in the last verse, there is this word of praise that's there to God. Each book ends with a word of praise to God. The, the construction of the book of Psalms is really interesting. We think that it was probably um, compiled, that it was put together by Ezra when Israel came back from their captivity during the exile, uh, which would have been about uh, in the 4th century B.C. We think that that's probably when that happened. We know that it was in this form in the 1st century when, when uh, Jesus uh, uh, was walking on earth, when Jesus gave his life. The reason that we know that is because in uh, 1946, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, um, uh, there were copies of the Psalms that were, the, that were there. Let me just say something about the Dead Sea Scrolls, because I, I, I know that you may have heard about them, but may not really kind of know what was going on. In Qumran, in this area in Israel, it's, it's kind of a desert area, caves. Uh, it's just pretty much wilderness. Uh, in 1946, this shepherd was out there, and he was, you know, he's taking care of his sheep. And he took a stone, and he's just playing around and just flung the stone and flung it into a cave. And when it went into the cave, he heard, like, glass shatter. He heard, uh, like, a ceramic jar shatter, and he thought, that's pretty weird. What's, what's going on in there? So he goes into the cave and in the cave, he found jars that had been sealed at the top. Um, and inside were scrolls. There were multiple scrolls in this cave, multiple jars that were there. And then they, they were found in, in a number of other caves as well. When they began to, to take out those, uh, the, open the jars and look at the scrolls, what they discovered were, um, writings that were from the first century. 
um, from a, from a, probably from a group of, of, of Jews at that point in time called the Essenes that were that like they wanted to remove themselves from the rest of culture so that they wouldn't be stained by the culture, and all of their writings were hidden in in these caves. Um, there are two hundred different. Um, sections of scripture that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls that had been there for 2,000 years. They dated to the time of Jesus, which is incredibly cool. 30 of those scrolls, 30 of the 200, were the books of Psalms, were the book of Psalms. 30 different copies. Uh, what do we, what that, what's that tell us? It tells us that the Psalms were really important for both Christians and Jews in the first century. They had lots of copies, so lots of people could read it. Um, and in, uh, in those scrolls that were there, uh, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, were these five divisions for the book of Psalms. The Psalms are, are um, filled with expressions of what's going on inside people's lives. They're full of laments. The first three books are primarily um, Psalms of lament. The, um, people pouring out their heart, their grief, their sorrow to God and asking God to come and, and to take care of them. The last two books are primarily books of praise from about Psalm 90 to Psalm 150. There's just this sense of how great and big God is that comes through that. Um, the Psalms in the first century for Jesus, they would have been something that Jews would have memorized. They would have memorized, um, if not every Psalm, they would have memorized parts of all the Psalms. Jesus, uh, Jesus referred to the Psalms a number of times, talk about that in, in just a little bit, but they were there uh, to be memorized so that the Psalms were a part of their lives, a part of their hearts, a part of what was going on in their heads all the time. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's this sense that, the, that with the Psalms, with all of God's word, that we would just pour it into us. Um, that it would be there ready to go for us at, at a given, at a given uh, moment, at any, time, any point in time. There, there are roughly five different kinds of psalms. There are psalms uh, that are songs of praise that, that uh, are kind of like the songs that we sing on Sunday morning about how great God is. They talk about God's nature and who he is. There are songs that are communal laments. They're, they're expressions of sorrow for the entire Israelite nation. Um, they're like all of us together are, are weeping and mourning God in your presence because of what's going on. The communal lament. There are royal psalms that, that talk about the victories that God has given. Victories in battle. Victories in, in uh, nature. The, the things that God has done. Celebrating what God has done. Then there are Psalms, too, that are individual laments, that, that are the writer saying, man, my life is a wreck, God. I need you desperately. And there are Psalms of thanksgiving, Psalms that just say, God, you are so good, and I just want to give thanks to you. Roughly five different kinds of Psalms that are there. Um, let, let me just spend, uh, really, the heart of the message today um, making a case for why you should read or pray, or memorize the book of Psalms. Um, I, I don't know where you are in, in your reading, if you're reading through Scripture, but um, if you're not, man, start with Psalms, and, and, and here's why. Here's why you should read, or pray, or memorize the, the Psalms. First of all, they are brutally honest. When you read through the Psalms, they are this, this incredible description of, the, of who's ever writing the Psalm being completely transparent, 
and open with God, talking about um, the, what's going on in their heart. John Calvin called the Psalms the anatomy um, of all of the parts of the soul. He said, there's not an emotion of which anyone of of which anyone can be conscious that is not here represented as in a mirror. Or rather, the Holy Spirit has here drawn to the life all the griefs, sorrows, fears, doubts, hopes, cares, perplexities. In short, all of the distracting emotions with which the minds of men are wont to be agitated. This whole idea that in the Psalms there's there's this level of transparency um, uh, that's that's there, that it's like, you know, no show, just the real stuff. Uh, you need to read through them to find it. This past Wednesday in our life group, we were, we were talking about last week's message about the book of Job. And one of the guys in our life group, Jameson uh, uh, Hovey, said uh, he, he was talking about, um, we, were, we were talking about Job with all the stuff that had gone uh, wrong in his life, all the things that had happened to him, him crying out to God. And Jameson said, you know, when everything's a mess in my life, that's when I angry pray to God. Um, I said, okay, what do you mean angry pray? He said, he said, well, that's, that's when it, there's no fluff. It's just God, come on. Why, why is this happening? Uh, angry prayer. Anybody been there? Man, that, that's the book of Psalms. Look at Psalm 35. Just listen to Psalm 35. This is the message version. The psalmist says, hostile accusers appear out of nowhere. They stand up and badger me. They pay me back misery for mercy leaving my soul empty. When they were sick, I dressed in black. Instead of eating, I prayed. My prayers were like lead in my gut, like I'd lost my best friend, my brother. I paced, distraught as a motherless child, hunched and heavy-hearted. But when I was down, they threw a party. All the nameless riffraff of the town came chanting insults about me, like barbarians desecrating a shrine a shrine, they destroyed my reputation. God, how long are you going to stand there doing nothing? Save me from their brutalities. Everything I've got is being thrown to the lions. Angry prayer, right? This is not fair, God. These circumstances that I'm in, that's what you find in the brutal honesty of the Psalms. Why read the Psalms? They reveal the heart of David. The, the last thing I said in the top 10 list is where else can, where else can you read, uh, the words, the thoughts of, of a warrior, of a shepherd, of a king, um, of a man after God's own heart, his expression. 73 of the Psalms are from David. Um, David is a guy who was described as a man after God's own heart. And I thought, I, when I, when I was working on this whole message and thinking, okay, what's compelling? You know, Jesus was the Son of God here on earth, God in the flesh. If you take Jesus out of the equation and you say, of anyone in history, who would I want to, who would I want to have my heart like? It would be like David, because David was a man after God's own heart, right? So in the Psalms, you can, you can see into David's heart. One of the most powerful Psalms, I think, is Psalm 51, because David had had an affair, which is not, you know, that's not what you want to model. He had had an affair, and he had killed um, this woman's husband, Uriah. He was named Uriah. And, and David, thought he was, David thought he was good, um, because he had covered up his sin. Nobody would, knew about, would know about it. 
prophet Nathan comes to him and says to, to David, you know what? God knows. You have, God knows your sin. It's there. It's going to be revealed. You've got to come clean on it. And David, David writes this in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a pure heart, God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Have you ever messed up and thought, how do I talk to God? How do do I even talk to him about this sin in my life? Psalm 51, the words of David, show the way. This guy who was the man after God's own heart expresses himself in praise and brokenness to God. Why why else should you read the book of Psalms? I, I think not just with David, but they model for us words for both prayer and praise. Martin Luther wrote a, a preface, an introduction to the book of Psalms. And, and he said this in his introduction. As a teacher will compose letters or little speeches for his pupils to write to their parents, so by this book he prepares both the language and the mood in which we should address the Heavenly Father. I like that. Luther says, you know what? If you want to know how to talk to God, if you want to know how to pray to God, if you want to know how to praise God, study the Psalms. Let the words of the Psalms become your prayers. Let them model what it looks like to talk to to God, both in intimacy, in, in, in all of your emotion, and in praise. Um. Uh, Psalm 8, I, I, I told you uh, last week, whatever, uh, about being at the Grand Canyon a few weeks ago. And um, as we're standing on the rim of the Grand Canyon, these words echo in my mind, and, and they're there because, goodness, they, they just express so, in, so well what I was feeling. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, what you've set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? And yet you've made him a little lower than the angels, than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given man dominion over the work of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all the sheep, the oxen, the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. In the Psalms, we find words that express what's deep inside us. If you don't know how to pray, 
If you've never prayed out loud, one of the best things that you can do is just take out the book of Psalms and begin to recite, to read out loud a psalm or two in praise to God. Um, Another reason I I think that it's important for us to read and pray and memorize the book of Psalms is that it sharpens our awareness of God. Right now, this is this is uh, is is probably one of the clearest um, reasons in my mind because I've been reading through the Psalms this week. Uh, you know, I'm uh, reading through as as we do the trip that triple dog dare uh, thing. Um, and what I found was on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning this week, as when I got up to play racquetball. Um, I'm leaving the house a little bit after 5 a.m. And on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I don't know if you knew this or not, but each of those nights, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, it snowed. Not a lot, just a little bit, enough to cover the road, enough, to, uh, enough for things to be a little bit messy. And when, So I'm reading through the book of Psalms, and I come out, it's just after 5 a.m., and I look around and see this layer of snow, and I thought, God, you are so incredible. Because it looked like, it looked like diamonds or crystals that were there. You know, it's March, right? Everybody's ready for snow to be done, right? But God in His majesty created this topping for the earth. That because I'm reading through the Psalms, I was thinking, God, you are so good. It, it sharpens our awareness of God when we're reading the Psalms. We see him in those hidden pictures. We see him all around. Read them and see if it doesn't change your perspective. Another reason to read the Psalms is that they challenge a my faith is personal kind of viewpoint. As Americans, we live in this culture that we say, you know what, faith is personal. Don't ask me to talk about my faith. You know, don't let my faith be out in public. That's, it's private. It's something I hold close in my heart. But when you read the book of Psalms, when you read the book of Psalms, um, what, one of the things that you find is that you're connected to a much larger group of people and that your faith, your relationship with Jesus is not isolated to kind of an individualistic sense of holiness that's there. You're connected. You're connected to so many other people. We're connected to the rest of the church. And we're connected to followers of Jesus throughout throughout the span of history and time. Because Christians throughout history have used the Psalms to express their praise and their pain. One scholar wrote, Whenever you read the Psalms, you are praying, singing, and reading alongside a huge crowd of faithful witnesses throughout the ages. The words you speak have been spoken thousands, even millions of times before. As you read or sing or pray, off to your right stands Moses and Miriam. In front of you, David and Solomon kneel down. While from behind you come the voices of Jerome, St. Augustine, Martin Luther, John Calvin, and more, so many more. Our body, we express our praise to God through the Psalms. Um, in, the, in the app, I, I gave you 
21 psalms that are some of my favorite psalms. Um, if you've got the app open, you can kind of look at those. If you've, if you've not read the psalms before, let me just encourage you to, to kind of scan down through that list. You can, you can uh, find that on the app. And, and to just pick one of those and start. Let me, let me tell you about some of those and, and uh, why they're important to me. Psalm 1 uh, is a psalm that has, that has really shaped me. How blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Stand in the seat of scoffers, sit in, 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 the, uh, in, the, um, in, the, in the seat of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. On it he meditates day and night. That psalm, Psalm 1, has helped me uh, figure out how to, how to live my life, how to stay on track, how to honor God at every turn. Psalm, psalm 1 is, uh, it really is kind of a foundation, Psalm 1 and, and 2, a foundation for the entire book of Psalms. It puts things into perspective. There's not anything better that you can read and just meditate on to get God's word into your life. Psalm 22, um, a reason to read the book of Psalms is to find Jesus. And Psalm 22, if you'll go there, uh, what you'll find there is that Psalm 22 starts with the words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those are the words of what? Jesus on the cross. And when you read down through Psalm 22, you'll see over and over again references that are fulfilled in the life of Jesus, particularly as he was on the cross. My bones are out of joint. You can see, you can count all of my bones. There's no brokenness there. My mouth is parched. All, all descriptive things that, that, um, that happened when Jesus was crucified. Psalm 22 is one of those psalms that as you dive into it and, and begin to think first, oh, man, David must have been a mess to, to write those words, to, to just be in such tremendous pain and sorrow to write those words, and yet they applied to Jesus in a clear way. Psalm 41 and Psalm 63 to me express this hunger that I want to be in my heart for God and for his word. Psalm, uh, Psalm 41 says, it starts as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Isn't that a, isn't that a cool picture? That just like a deer who's been running goes to the creek, goes to the river to drink from it. That's, that's the, the response that I want. In my heart for God. Psalm, uh, Psalm 63, uh, at the beginning says, um, earnestly I seek you in a dry and weary land. I long for you, God. Those two Psalms, um, it's easy for me to get distracted by all kinds of stuff, but when I read Psalm 41 and Psalm 63, it, it, it says, God, I want you more than anything else. I want that to be an expression of my heart. Um, Psalm 101, I think, is a powerful psalm about personal integrity. And, uh, when you read down through Psalm 101 and, and, and read the psalmist's heart to say, God, shape my heart. Do the things that I need to so that I can be true to you. So powerful. Guys, guys, if you struggle with pornography... Psalm 101 is a great place to read and to memorize. One of the verses that's in Psalm 101 says, I will put no evil thing in front of my eyes. Good, good stuff. Psalm 139 is probably my favorite psalm. It says, O oh Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know my going out and my coming in. 
As you read down through Psalm 139, there is this expression that says, there is not anything hidden in my life from God. And God, you know me and you love me. You've loved me from the time that I was conceived in my mother's womb. And you want the best for me. Dive into the Psalms. How, how, how do you, when you're reading through the Psalms, how do you read them so that they're, so that they're fresh, so that, so that you're not just checking, checking chapters off kind of thing? I think you start by, as you read the Psalm, you, you, you look at what's there and say, what was going on in, in the writer's life at that point in time? Some of the Psalms will tell you, it'll say a Psalm of David, um, written was, written when, when he was fleeing from, um, uh, from Saul. And it, so it gives you a sense of what's going on as he describes the, the terror that he has, the turbulence, all, all the struggle that's going on. Sometimes it's not there, but as you read, you think, what was going on in the writer's life when he wrote that? And you, and you read the psalm from his perspective initially. And then you read it and, and, and ask, okay, how's that psalm apply to me? How's that fit in my life? Uh, are there things that I need to praise God for that I'm just being ignorant of? Are there things that I'm struggling with? And the, and the Psalms will give words to that struggle for me. And the, the third filter, I think, when you read the Psalms is to read, uh, is there an application to Jesus in the Psalms? I, as I mentioned, 28 different times in the Psalms, there are references that are made to Jesus, uh, that things that happen, you know, four or five uh, hundred years later, a thousand years later, um, that were fulfilled through the life of Jesus. And so read with that filter as well. Um, the Psalms were the songbook and the prayer book for the Hebrew people. And because they were for the Hebrew people, they were the songbook, the prayer book for Jesus when he was here on earth. Um, Jesus quoted the Psalms 11 different times more than any other book in the Old Testament. Jesus knew the Psalms. I think he probably had all 150 memorized. They were a part of his training, a part of, uh, of his grown up, a part of what shaped his world. Even though he was God, the Psalms gave expression to that. The Psalms were also a regular part of the first century church. They were there. They were, they, they were uh, a normal part. We know that because Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus. He said this, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and, so, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God in, with gratitude in your heart. And to the church in Corinth, Paul wrote this letter. The church in Corinth was so messed up. It, the worship was chaotic. There was no sense of order. There was all kinds of sin in the church. Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. What's the right course, believers, when you're experiencing all this chaos in worship? When you meet together, each one has a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. Let everything be constructive and edifying and done for the good of the church. Um, the Psalms were a regular part of the church. 
And as the church in 2019, the Psalms need to not be something that's just relegated to the shelf in the Old Testament. They need to be an expression for us of our praise to God. They need to give voice to what's inside us. Um, I, I said this, I mentioned it earlier. I don't know where you are in the process. I, I know I'm having fun conversations with people who are doing the, 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 uh, the sprint through the Bible in 90 days and, and just loving it. I know, uh, I know I'm talking to people too that are discouraged. That it's like, yeah, I got behind two weeks ago and now, you know, I don't know if I can ever catch up. And, and I would just say to you, don't give up. Just keep plugging through. And you know what? If you're, if you're behind everybody else, that's no big deal. I'll keep reading. It may be that you weren't a part of the process at all, that you, you know, that you're thinking, I don't know that I can ever understand the Bible. I don't know that I can ever read it. Let me challenge you and encourage you today to go home and to start to read the Psalms. Let that be your first step in diving into God's Word. How, how do you do that? You know, yeah, uh, one, one path would be to read straight through, to start at Psalm 1 and read all the way through to Psalm 150 and to do that in, in some fashion, whether it's all in trying to do it all in one sitting or to do it over a week or a month or you know, a year, whatever that is. Another path might be to say, you know what, I can make it through in a month if I read five psalms a day. There's 150 psalms. Five psalms a day for a month, I can, I can read all the way through. That might be a way to do it. Another way to do it might be to take that list that I put in the app, uh, uh, 20, 21 of my favorite psalms, and just, just kind of go down through there and find one that says, you know what, that's, I think that's what I need to read today. And, and to, to start there. And then see what's before it. See what's after it. Um, I think what you'll find is a lamp for your path, and a, a lamp for your feet, and a light for your path. God's word will illumine. It will set the path for us. It'll show us who He is. It'll give words to what's in our heart. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for the Psalms. I thank you for how they change our perspective. God, I thank you that they allow us to be fully transparent with you, to not hide anything, whether it's struggle or sin or pain or a lack of faith or a lack of understanding. God, they allow us to be real with you. God, I ask that you'd help us as a church, that we might internalize the Psalms, that they might be a part of who we are and what we do and how we worship daily and weekly and yearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and let's sing.